Greetings, comrade, and welcome to the Eastern Border. We have some interesting news for you today, but I'd like to start with um, a bit of an explanation about previous episode, and I guess one before that, the interviews, since um, th this has happened to me for the first time ever, when someone actively dislikes the guests that I'm having on for totally opposite reasons, and then they write angry comments and I lose Patreon support and all that whatnot. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm not, I'm not inviting anyone in out of malice, and I, something offends someone, and then I just not even notice that it might offend someone? Does that make sense? I'm, um, I'm an Eastern European journalist who's good at investigative journalism and stories. I'm not good at running media site, businessy stuff, things at all, and, uh, I have no clue what my, what someone might fight offensive. Well, sometimes if they are, like Mr. Stripes was, uh, I openly warn about that, but I, I just get people in because I think it might be interesting for you to learn their perspectives or that they're doing something interesting that's relevant to the, to the war. Uh, I, I am not thinking about any Western European American political situation whatsoever. I just don't have the time for that, nor skills for that. And uh, if anyone has found any guest sort of not to their liking on the show, then I do have to apologize. We're not doing this out of malice, just that we're not really, you know, thinking even about some issues that some people might find offensive. It's just a thought I should answer because, yeah, we, we haven't had this in a while uh, when we... Uh, when we get very polarized comments about our guests. And that goes for both Mr. Strapes and, and Mitzi Perdue, and I think they're both are very nice people, very different people, but hey, I mean, that that's why I want to put all sorts of people on my show. Okay, that was awkward. Uh, I just hope you understood that um, I'm not trying to anger anyone here. Just, just sheer confusion. But uh, sheer confusion is something that... Let me record this episode today because um, I thought that due to how it's actually still snowing in Latvia and it's still pretty cold down there in Donbass and it's like slush and, and sludgy and it's uh, not a nice way to be fighting. I thought that um, nothing much is going to happen. Except, well, you know, situation is um, so bizarre that uh, apparently... Prigozhin of Wagner Group has stated that the mercenaries have legally captured Bahamut, which is that they've raised a flag over a, the next administration building. So nothing happens to the point where people just have to figure out how they've technically slash legally captured something. Okay, we're, we're, we're to that point. But um, turns out, no, no, yesterday was actually very interesting and... Uh, because of an explosion. This is uh, this is kind of a shout out to the Dugina explosion episode because this is about. This seems to be from the same kind of situation perspective here. Because an explosion happened in the evening of April the second, in Saint Petersburg, in a cafe called Street Food Bar Number One. Well, it used to be called that way, but then Prigozhin bought it and turned it over for the patri the cyber patriots, as he calls it. This, this bar belongs to Wagner Group founder, obviously, and um, yeah, a discussion club called Cyberfront Z meets in the cafe on weekends. Basically, this Cyberfront Z thing 
his uh yeah Prigozhin uh, kind of wants to get young kids into committing cyber crimes against Ukraine and all, all that stuff you know they're not very good people it's a way of you know enforcing the z propaganda thing of, of all this all this war and uh, on April the 2nd a uh, war blogger thankfully he doesn't really call himself war correspondent oh no actually he kind of does but uh Sort of those guys who go out and spew nonsense and spew propaganda who are paid by Wagner Group and who actually pick up guns and ignore every possible law or rule how actual war correspondents should act. Yeah, this guy, Vladian Tatarsky. Real name, by the way, Maxim Fomin. He was giving a talk. A poster for the event said that he would discuss, quote, what it's like to file stories from hotspots while under fire and also explain what it means to be a military correspondent. Yeah, well, sounds like something that uh, I was telling students in Poland, but, um, oh boy. It's just that quite creepy how this weirdo who just himself picks up guns and shoots at things can call himself a whatever anyway this guy died he was killed in an explosion and uh again at this point we have no idea who we just know uh, we just sort of know how and how itself is interesting and if you remember my episode about Dugan or we had Alex on the show oh and Alexander is coming back very soon together with uh, with Mr. Heaton yeah, we're having them both. We're going to have a nice, interesting conversation about uh, politics, <laughs> more or less, to, to talk about uh, what modern-day Russia, for example, considers socialism, but that's a different thing. Basically, Tatarsky, yeah, he, he exploded in one of those ways that is definitely going to go into the storybooks. Well, just to remind you who this guy is, um, if you remember in, in the early days of the war, when they kind of adopted and joined the Donetsk Luhansk People's Republics, I posted about how this guy, posted by, you know, by Wagner Group in this big celebration, yeah, he's the guy who stated the famous phrase that's going to be known to everyone who follows this war, oh, we will defeat everyone, we will kill everyone, we will rob everyone we, uh, who we need to, everything will be the way we like it. That's the guy, he said this in Kremlin, and, well, he got notoriety about this on, on Twitter. And since then, he's been uh, very active, around on and he's on his own telegram channel and he's one of those super pro-war patriotic guys well he used to be anyways this guy is originally by the way from makiyevka in the donetsk region himself he's not originally from russia he was uh, well he, he fought for this self-proclaimed dnr as part of the vostok battalion as well for the lnr and uh yeah before that just in the traditions of the wagner group he um he had served a prison sentence. He was sentenced for 12 years for an, uh, an armed robbery of a bank. Because, well, he apparently didn't didn't enjoy this stuff. And just decided to rob a bank that he, that he used of him. Now, the thing is... The uh, thing is... The whole situation happens when he's giving this talk to some kids who are super pro-Putin, all these Z guys. And like I said, he's dead, 32 wounded. That's the latest information. This gets updated. And, uh, well, everyone's blaming everyone right now, obviously. The thing is, uh, 
He's giving this speech, and at one point, after the official part is over, there's, like, no guards, he has no bodyguards, no nothing. And uh, a woman who's now being known publicly as Daria Trepova, well, she enters the building carrying some sort of a package. And from what we know, she goes on to to, to this blogger dude guy, Tatarski, and says to him that, oh, look, well, you know, I'm a huge fan of your work. Uh, I wanted to give you this this package. It's kind of a, a bust, kind of a, a small sculpture that I made of you. And uh, according to some sources, uh, she also says that she wasn't allowed to get into the place because it was it was suspected to be a bomb. Other places say that, oh, no, well, it was just, you know, allowed to be brought in. But what matters is that she was allowed to bring in the, the bust, the statue of Tatarsky. And um, apparently he placed it somewhere nearby him and she went and sat somewhere by the window or something. And then the bust exploded and Tatarsky's dead. I, I kind of like the idea about, you know, everyone knowing about the bomb being there in the first place. Now, there are some problems about this, why I think that it doesn't even matter who did this. Because the how began by someone's bust. I mean, this is so 1994 that you can't even get more pure 90s than this. But the thing is that uh, this, this arrested lady, by now arrested, Daria Trepova, she apparently had been working with, um, with Navalny's group. With the fund, uh, with the foundation against corruption and all this stuff, her husband lives in in Georgia, and she was about to leave Russia, and she had told various different things to her friends, and it's all a huge mess basically. And and she just brought this thing in. She herself claims that she was just asked to deliver this package. She had she didn't know what was going in this stuff, and and it's a mess. What really matters is that, um, well. Every option that I could give you and every, you know, reasonable argument is is exactly the same, to be honest. I, I kind of even want to know what the Western media is going to put up about this, because could this be some actual Ukrainian actor, either private or or some special service or, or you know, something from the Ukrainian, Ukrainian side? Well, yes, of course, it, it could be, definitely. Could this be... Putin just wanting to create a new martyr of someone who's not even Russian, so he won't be missed and, and and still all that, so that he can, you know, do nice little crackdowns on, on everyone who's opposing Putin, because look, this lady was involved with, with uh, Navalny. Also absolutely possible, 100%. Could this also be just that he managed to, you know, this whore, the, the, this, this sort of... Um, war situation between the, their, their own war war bloggers and the pro potent side they have a massive massive competition on them on their own maybe he just argued with someone from the business because the money is money is there i mean kremlin pays really well like kremlin pays much better to these guys than you know they pay me I mean, i I get nowhere near the amounts of ridiculous money that these guys are getting so Maybe it's someone from that side. Also totally possible. Maybe it's just someone who was serving in the Wagner group who whom he showed in a wrong light or or maybe, you know, because of his reports, because they're stupid and they don't know what uh what op security even is. They they don't do time delays, everything that these pro Russian war correspondents it's either faked, basically, or or it gets blown up soon after. Maybe maybe some ex soldier 
got pissed off because of his unprofessional, totally out of nowhere actions, some of his pals were killed. That's also totally possible. Maybe it's the CIA. Hey, I... I don't know. Although, why the hell would CIA blow up this very specific pro-Kremlin war blogger guy? No idea. Also, no idea why someone from the Ukrainian special services would try to blow this guy up. He wasn't that big. I mean, he was pretty big. He was on the Gidkin and Pals order and stuff like that, but he wasn't the most important person. Then there's a theory that uh, this was a warning to Gidkin and and Pals, because all these guys have come together and created some sort of a, well, angered or hurt patriots club where they're going to be, you know, joining forces to just in case if there's any liberal reforms in Russia from the evil Westerners to stomp them down and help win the war and do all the stuff that Putin cannot do, all this stuff. They want to be greater, bigger patriots than Putin. We all know how that ends up. Maybe this was a, kind of a, a warning shot for for Girkin. I mean, say what you want, but he is an FSB officer. That's also possible. Either way, this is just... And maybe it's just totally someone random. Also possible. No, no one knows. And in a way, it doesn't really matter that much since one of the things that I've always said about this war and how this is going to end up for Russia is that it's just going to be like in the 90s. After the Chechen Wars and after the Afghan War before that. You see, if you, if you arm men either mobilized or from prisons and whatever, and they get wounded and they learn how to kill people and they don't see a future in their own country and, you know, they're not getting paid their compensations and all that whatnot, of course crime rate is going to increase. The new wave of the 90s, the criminal era where all these veterans who didn't know anything but how to kill people and who were fighting in pointless wars, yeah, of course, you know, they joined joint and mass to various criminal organizations because veteran services, oh no, they, they're just basically non-existent in Russia anyways. So no matter who did this or, or why this happened, I mean, this is just the first step in, in the long route to massive criminalization of everything. And I don't even think this is going to be the last one. It's just that the fact that it's by the bust and this is an example that we can point towards too. And this is happening in more ways than one. For example, Prigozhin himself, weirdly enough, stated that he uh, that we shouldn't look at the Ukrainian special operations and the Ukrainian government to be behind this. He thinks it's some sort of extremists doing it on their own, which is weird coming from Prigozhin. Then again, well, there are messages that some people actually thought it was Prigozhin himself, and, you know, Wagner Group was quite stunned about that part. So, it's weird. At the same time, Prigozhin states that uh, only, only about 20 out of 1,000 of his recruits that return do any sort of troubles or, or repeat crimes. Of course, that number he's just pulled out of his ass. <laughs> and you know, he made this comment in r- relation to a, um, a person who had been sitting in prison for murder in Russia. Then he joined Wagner Group, then he spent half a year in... In, in Ukraine, fighting, he somehow survived. Then he went back to his village, and on the very very next day, he committed another murder. And that kind of blew up, and these things are being shut down a bit, but hey, like I said, the criminalization of Russian society is, is at hand, and it's going to be just worse and worse as the time goes on, because not like not like they have any money or 
even the desire, even if they would have the money to do any social programs for that matter. And to make things worse, you know, just to pair this up with this whole situation there, is that um, out of all the bizarre things that I had seen while I was researching this episode, out of nowhere, like, another big thing that plopped up was that was that apparently Russia and Russian science has also reached a whole new low, so to speak. Now, this isn't as big as an explosion. However, this stuck, struck me as like even even odder. And I know a lot of you guys are are here because of the John Michael Gaudier podcasts, and you know that I like science. But um, it's just that it's just that uh, okay. <laughs> How do I how do I put this in a way that you don't think that I'm making fun of you? There is a uh, there is the Russian Academy of Sciences, right? I've mentioned them on the show a couple of times, and obviously there are various faculties in there. And then there is uh, Mr. Kudryatsev, who is basically the chief geneticist of the Russian Federation, chief genetics guy who studies all this stuff. He's a professor of genetics in. Uh, Moscow Institute of Sciences, and uh, he just gave a lecture, basically, to his students, and it was filmed, and no one really knows whether or not this guy, what's going on there. I mean, it's okay to be religious, I'm religious, but this was just a bit of a, and I quote here, because today's a weird episode, I I apologize for that, but... mm. Well, he was giving a lecture about the, gene- the, the whole mutations and, and, and genetics and all this stuff, and at one point he just pulls out, pulls out a huge timeline of biblical events, of Old Testament stuff and whatnot, and starts talking about how, well, people used to live 900 years and now they don't, and, and how there are mutations and all, that, all this whatnot. And then he ends up with a genius line which states that, um, well, you know, you can blame radiation and all this, what, all this whatnot, but I believe all of our mutations that have caused us to live shorter periods of time is our inborn sin, you know, all these perversions, the gay people, and all this stuff. And I mean, I don't... I don't know how this even correlates correlates to something. But we reached the point where chief geneticist person blames religious subjects and themes not for you know not to make a moral statement not to make something something you know as i would understand in, in the purview of religion but but now now he literally speaks about mutations in the cells of 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 people in the genes because natural sin i i don't even know what to say about this it's just uh, one of those days where you want to take a look at the explosion part, take a look at the crimes part, and then you kind of want to sigh and state, well, uh, I'm sorry, Gagarin, we fucked this up. It's just bizarre. It's really a shame since, yeah, not like the war itself would kind of introduce good manners or more rational thought towards anyone. It just destroys and the things that things that seem to seem funny at the first first sight 
Oh, yeah. That is really depressive once you think about them. But, um, yeah, those were the news for today. Hope you had some fun and about learning about the bizarro only in Russia events. And, uh, yeah, the important part here was that we're going to see more explosions very soon. And who did it? I don't even think it matters, really. До свидания, товарищи. And as always, happiness is mandatory. Oh, and uh, of course, special thank you to all of my Patreon supporters. And if you want to become our patron, you can go to patreon.com slash the eastern border. Or you can just go to the eastern border.lv and click the donate button there for a one-time donation. We are extremely thankful for this.